Welcome to Energy Sense, the podcast that explores the most fascinating trends, changes, and ideas in energy efficiency. I'm Jason Roop, and I'm here with Chris Rawlings, the uh, usual host of the podcast, and he's the Chief Efficiency Officer of Veteran LED here in Richmond, Virginia. How are you doing? Great, Jason. How are you? <laughs> Good. We we're talking um, before we started because we're at a a really interesting moment here this week. We're heading into July and we're in Virginia, which is could become the first state to um, put together workplace safety mandates that are related to the pandemic that we're going through right now. Uh, this is a very timely issue because just yesterday, uh, Virginia's um, Health and Safety Board met to start going through guidelines. And, you know, there's a lot of unknown right now because OSHA is still figuring out what it's going to do. You know, people are starting to go back to work now, and there are all these buildings that are sitting there, and they're going to be filled soon, uh, at least partially. And a lot of people are worried as they go back to work, are they going to be putting themselves at risk because they go back to work and get into these buildings. Veteran LED deals with buildings all the time. That's what you do. You go in and work in office buildings and commercial spaces. So I'm wondering what you're thinking about all of this right now. Well, I think we have to remember what we're trying to do here, and that's um, make people feel safe, help people feel safe when they come into these buildings uh, and that they're not going to be you know, ex exposed to viruses such as COVID-19. Obviously, nobody can make any guarantee 100%, right, on, on any building. But, you know, building owners and, and building managers and facility engineers and everyone involved can take the necessary steps and the necessary precautions to, you know, kind of ethically move forward with uh, utilizing the technologies and, and consultants and professionals out there to increase standards, the health standards of, of their building. So if you look at whether it's LEED or WELL or one of these accreditations through the U.S. Green Building Council or, or one of these other industry associations, uh, you, you start to see that the standards are, are obviously increased. And so I think there's going to be a lot of focus on either obtaining those accreditations or getting to to those standards. So it's it's interesting you, you talk about kind of OSHA still out there. They're not sure what they're going to do. Uh, the, the, the state and local laws already hearing from the population, over 3,000 people, I think, here in Virginia filing complaints with OSHA um, with concerns around uh, the health of the environments that they're going back into and as, as businesses reopen. You, you're going to start looking at what institutes and associations is OSHA going to reference in regards to how they release these mandates uh, and, and implement them? So if you look at ANSI, so American National Standards uh, Institute, the Association of Air Conditioning, Refrigeration, and Heating Engineers. So there's these associations that are out there that um, need to come out with these protocols and standards. Uh, in fact, recently the IES and the Institute for ultraviolet association, IUVA, are coming out with standards on how to uh, measure and monitor the effects of UV lighting. So as you know, there's UV lighting applications, whether it be in your HVAC units or in your, your areas that uh, help disinfect the space. Well, right now, there's not an official standard released by ANSI to measure uh, that. So that's supposed to be released here uh, in the next few months. Um, where there's been a collaboration with IES and IUVA. So I say all that to, to remind everyone that OSHA can't come out with these standards until these uh, 
nationally recognized or internationally recognized institutes come out with with their standards that OSHA can reference. So there's a lot of back and forth right now in regards to mandates and regulations. Yeah, and of course, there will be politics involved because we know that um, their their unions are, are having a say, uh, workers are having a say, and then businesses are trying to figure out how much money they're going to have to spend. There might be lawsuits. They want to be protected, but they also can't go out of business trying to you know turn their office building into some kind of bubble. <laughs> but as I'm reading the the stories about all this, it seems like everything breaks down into two segments. One is the practices you put in place at your workplace. Like, are we going to take people's temperature? Are we going to require hand washing? Where are people going to be? The dividers. And then there are engineering standards, and that's what you're talking about. So what are some of the engineering services that uh, Veteran LED is looking at in buildings that that could have anything to do with making it safer? Well, first, we want to understand the operations and the procedures, because without those, you can't properly design an engineering uh, strategy with uh, with the, the actual building system. So we want to talk how many employees are coming back into the building. Is it the same amount? Are some people now working remotely? Um, so have the occupancy of these buildings changed? Um, the actual layout, how many people in different rooms, the procedures that that they're putting in place. So do they have hand sanitation stands at entrances to certain areas? Have they redesigned the layout of the office furniture where uh, areas of high traffic are no longer, uh, no longer really tight, you know, tight knit, uh, high occupancy areas, high touch surfaces have been reduced. So there's things that you can do at, at that level in regards to just the different layout. And so once we figure out the occupancy and figure out the the now new environment and the new operation of the building, then we can look at the the design of the HVA system, the lighting system, electrical system, and we can figure out how we can retro commission these systems to 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 increase the healthy uh, healthiness of the indoor air and and help with the fight against these viruses. This is important to note that people can still get. Uh, the virus between each other, but uh, the air systems help because what they they suck some of the the viruses into the filtration system where it can die or you know <laughs> be inactivated. Yeah, I it's it's very important. I mean, it's this has always been important. Indoor air quality has always been important. There's just going to be a hyper focus on it right now because of COVID nineteen. So when you look at uh, air changes, uh, outdoor air coming in, ventilation rates, you look at um, Again, I talked about the occupancy changing in, in each different room. So you need to make sure that the systems are adequately adequately designed to at least meet the new standards or, again, going above and beyond and going for the green building standards or well building or, or lead or anything like that. That's, that's at the upper level. Uh, so you can then market your business or your property as – we took steps to go above and beyond. We've incorporated UV, UV lighting inside the air handling units, or we've incorporated bipolar ionization or whatever technology that you're utilizing to help, um, you know, to help fight against the virus. And I think there are some businesses out there that are trying to come out with some sort of accreditation, whether it be a, a, uh, some sticker you put on the door or, yeah. or some type of lead type accreditation that says, yes, we've taken 
the necessary measures and gone above and beyond to make sure that this building is a healthy building. Um, and again, we don't want to forget about the janitorial and sanitation, you know, nightly wiping things down. I right. mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a full encompassing look of, of everything where it's layers, a, like layers, of layers of things, changes yeah. in procedures, changes in, um, cleaning techniques and, um, you know, how often you're, you're doing things like that. So it's, it's a multi-layered approach for sure. Sounds like to me is a, what you've said is this is a big opportunity right now, because, um, let's talk about what you're, you specialize in energy efficiency. Um, in addition to, to the led lighting and energy efficiency of buildings, I wonder where you're seeing the energy efficiency needs of a building intersect with the, the workplace safety, um, services that are going to be needed in a building. How is this all coming together? And you've, you've talked to me a lot about buildings that are empty right now and mm -hmm. not getting care. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. One, we, we talked about uh, air changes and ventilation rates uh, being uh, ASHRAEs coming out recommending uh, to increase the ventilation and increase the air changes uh, to help fight COVID-19. Well, that means you're pulling more power from your HVAC units. That means your filters are going to be filtering more air. Depending on your geographic location, whether you're in Arizona or you're in Maine, hmm. you're, you're, you're bringing in quite different air, right? So you've got humidity. So I think it's even more of a reason to have uh, an engineer, consultant, contractor, whoever come in and say, look, this is the new environment. This is the new requirement your system needs to be designed specifically for this new environment and these new requirements and these standards that you're looking to achieve. And so I think that's where energy efficiency falls in. And it also, it's, I always look at it as if we do energy efficiency, we're creating capital to put towards these other projects that have, um, you know, a cost to them. A lot of these solutions are, um, you know, it's an added expense that building owners were not necessarily looking at taking on. But I think the cost of being having their properties uh, or the occupants of their properties being susceptible to COVID-19 is, is quite larger than than the capital cost to do some of these retrofits. But I just think it's that's where that falls over. And you made a great point right now. There are a lot of buildings that are empty. So, number one. It's, it's a great time to get a consultant in there to have an entire look at the building of what is that building doing when it's completely unoccupied. You're, you're not uh, impeding any operations. You're not having to work around anyone else's schedule. It's, it's free and open. We can get in there and take a look at everything. And then also, again, assessing what that new environment's going to look like. How many people are actually coming back into the building? How many days a week are they coming back into the building? And so there's, there's a level of change within the operation that needs to happen linearly with the change in the design and the systems of these buildings. And so it's an opportune time to make sure that your facility engineer knows the changes that need to be made, or he can consult with, um, you know, energy managers and engineers on how to help with that transition. Well, what I'm hearing you say is number one, there's a financial aspect. So energy efficiency saves you money already. So any steps you can take right now in these days to save money is going to benefit you and your building. Absolutely. So you can put it to better use. The other savings is um, if you need to get into a building now and do work that maybe a project that was going to be done before, people can get better rates now because it's easier to get into the building and do what needs to be done, right? It takes less time. Yeah. 
what I'm hearing you say is that there are a lot of reasons that uh, to look at your building right now uh, from both an energy efficiency point of view and workplace safety. And number one is the cost savings. So you can save money by using energy efficient um, you know, measures. Another thing is you can get in there to do projects at a better rate. You're, you're able to give better quotes right now, and probably a lot of companies are. Yeah, contractors, you know, obviously we have to bill for our time, and if it takes a longer time to work around uh, the schedules of the occupants of the buildings or get into certain offices or certain areas, uh, we have to bill for that, right? We have to work around that. So, yeah, in, in a sense, uh, in general, it is a, a little bit more cost-effective right now to get into these buildings that are unoccupied. And you can, um, you know, engineer. We like to follow, like, the noises, too. So there's there's not uh, mm-hmm. these operations going on where uh, we're kind of being impeded with what we're trying to, to look at. But I think I, I'll give you another example really quick. Um, when you talk about building owners coming coming or occupants of buildings being changed and the operations being changed. If you had three or four locations and uh, the pandemic hits your business hard, you're shutting down one location or you're consolidating two locations, this might be a chance to talk to your electric provider and say, look, our usage and our demand is different. What rate schedules can we can we get on? So again, when we talk about energy management, we talk about where that power is being generated from, negotiating the rate that you're paying for that power, how to monitor that energy coming in, and then recommending the conservation measures on the demand side of the building, which is mostly what we talk about when we talk about engineering systems that are in the building. But we're working with a client right now where they're shutting down one location and consolidating it into another. So they're actually going to double their energy usage at that new location. Well, because of that, their rate schedules and everything could potentially change. You could potentially kind of aggregate that power and use that to uh, leverage to getting a better rate because you're going to be using more more power. Um, or oh, maybe you're adding, or maybe you're adding a shift. So when you start looking at the amount that you pay per kilowatt hour, that's largely due to not only how much power you're using, but when you're using it. So if you shut down one facility and you're just going to add a third shift at a different facility. So again, these are all of the changes that are happening right now are, is creating opportunity for energy managers and contractors and consultants, but it's also creating exposure for building owners and business owners because they may start looking at their bills going, why is my bill going up like crazy? And it's like, well, you've made all these changes, but you haven't designed the the systems to be compatible with the new changes as far as the operations and occupancy and everything that you, that you're now incurring. I hadn't even thought of that because you're talking, uh, I think for a lot of people, they segment these things in their mind, but yeah, a lot of companies that especially shift work, um, some of the changes they have to make, they're having to extend their production. So they bring in some, so that, so you're right, they're working longer and you don't think about that affecting the electricity rate because you're working, you're trying to uh, reduce their exposure to each other. Exactly. So it, it really does all work together. And then you were, you were talking about, and it kind of reminded you when you were working with the, the aircraft and the military, the, the pre-flight checks. If, if your building's been sitting there why is now a good time to to be checking everything? Well, I think if if you don't have some type of web-based 
big, huge, fancy building automation system or something like that, where you can have eyes on your building 24 seven, you, you don't know what's going on when you're not there. You don't know if you're coming back to a leak. You don't know if you're coming back to, um, parts or components in your system that have been corroded throughout time because uh, things that are not used it's like when you let a car sit there for months and don't use it or or a lawnmower and the carburetor gets gunked up just because it's just been sitting there for a while these things happen as well in building systems and hvac systems and electrical systems so uh, again it's kind of you know bringing in a, a consultant to work with the building owner or the building manager and making sure that yes we're reopening not only are we reopening efficiently and again making sure we're designing this building to the new environment but we're also making sure that all of our systems are operational and we have a plan moving forward to help people feel safe when they come into our building to know that we've increased our standards and increased or decreased uh, however the the likelihood of you getting a virus within, you know, within our building. Um, and again, that includes PPE, that includes procedure changes, um, that everything fully encompassed. Practically, um, if somebody says as building owners and companies are developing their new plans before everybody gets back in there and they want to call somebody like you up, can you share what you would be doing when you go in to do a big check in a building? Um, what are the, I don't know if you call them, assessments or audits or sure so i'll give it it's it ranges depending on what type of facility that we're looking at but in general let's just say we're looking at a class a office building we want to know is is the building occupied or have there been any major occupancy changes so we want to learn about the procedures and the operations of the facility and then we want to take a look at the utility bills that's usually a first sign of has this kind of issue been managed properly? So if we see that the building was using the same amount of energy when it was unoccupied as when it was occupied, well, then there's a big red flag right there. There's a couple little <laughs> tweaks that <laughs> yeah. I can make that if are no, going to save a lot of money. If nobody's been in the building for a month and your utility <laughs> bill is the same, that's a big problem. Right. Yeah. And I laugh, but like these things happen. I mean, it just happens. And so we look at the utility bills. We ask about the operations and do an assessment there. And then we usually look at the building plans, uh, the as-builts or uh, as drawings and everything, and then get on site to actually look at the systems and how they're operating. And then we go back, we take it back from there and we go back to our engineers and say, this is what the environment was before. This is what the new environment is now or what it's going to be, you know, when they reopen next week or the week after. Um, how can we streamline, uh, help them streamline new procedures and, and processes and operations. And most importantly, how can we uh, retro commission these existing HVAC systems or lighting systems um, to make sure that they've taken the proper steps uh, to ensure a healthy environment for their occupants? It's really time for a whole building overhaul. If, if you've been thinking in the back of your head, uh, oh, we really want to change these over to LED lights, and we. Uh, this is the time to do everything, isn't it? Because you can get the biggest uh, return. Well, I, I'll, I'll caution on on the big, huge overhaul because that sounds <laughs> that sounds like just dollar signs okay, to building okay. owners right now. But 
it's, it's very cost effective to get a consultant in and just spend a few hours to give you a very valuable report that includes steps that you can take to adopt technologies, processes, and procedures to meet the new demands of the occupants of these buildings, which is I want to feel healthy when I come to work. So you don't have that exposure. You can call it financial exposure with insurance or whatever exposure you want to have, ethical exposure. Um, But it's very simple to have a consultant come in, look over some documents, do a quick walkthrough of the building, and give you that very valuable report. We're only talking about, you know, a couple thousand dollars maybe for 20, 30,000 square foot building. Um, it's, it's not that, you know, costly to get that initial report and it provides an extreme amount of value. Uh, to so the it's not owner. about overhauling the building necessarily. It's about getting a, a whole building checkup and assessment to, um, really see what the bottom line would be, what you could, what, what you could take advantage of, uh, right now. Yeah, and and again, to go back at the very basic level to make sure that you're meeting the the minimum standards and requirements. If ASHRAE recommends a MERV 11 filter and you have a MERV 10, well, that's just the basic standard. If you want to go up and even more than that and put in a MERV 13 or something like that, these are just, when I say MERV, they're just more efficient filters, okay? Um, But that also impacts the way that your HVAC system operates. So you can't just slap in a MERV 13 if you had a MERV 6 and expect the whole system to operate the same, right? So there's you need to make sure that the changes that you're making are not impacting some other part of the system negatively, right? So that's when having engineers come in and kind of consult your contractors or your facilities manager on, uh, yes, you're making changes and yes, you're doing it the right way. So again, I think having a general energy, environmental and health inspection, audit assessment, whatever you want to call it, uh, for a few hours, putting up, you know, a couple thousand dollars to get that done and have that report, I think it's going to be extremely valuable. And the folks that lead the charge and take the initiative in the beginning to do this are going to be the ones that that are extremely applauded, in, in my opinion, from um you know, just from occupants of the building, whether they be employees or maybe tenants or just the general public coming into your small business, uh, Main Street. A lot of people are, you know, this, the pandemic has been, um, you know, the pandemic that we're facing right now hasn't been uh, great in a lot of ways, but there are some upsides that a lot of us have have experienced because we're having to do things in new ways. And I wonder if you think, um, there's kind of a new era now in the way people look at buildings and their office environments, not only not only from a safety point of view, but from efficiency and how it works together. Yes. And it's it's an exciting time. I actually just went through uh, a lead accreditation, so leadership in energy and environmental design. And a lot of it talks about just creating that that healthy environment, whether it's having a lot of windows where a lot of natural light comes in or putting, um, you know, nice greenery and plants in different areas to, to make people feel uh, kind of like they're, they're kind of outside or putting in outdoor courtyards when, you, when you're designing these, these buildings. I think the excitement about this environment that we're in right now is that there's going to be a more focus on that creating that healthy environment. And we just want to make sure that we're taking that initiative 
and combining combining it with the energy and environmental impact uh, reduction kind of solutions that we come up with from an energy management standpoint. And we're looking at everything holistically to make sure that these companies and building owners are reaching their goals and uh, meeting their stakeholders' needs and meeting their the, the general society's needs because again the folks that step out and take the initiative to do this first are the ones that are going to be um, followed and and applauded really exciting to see uh, energy efficiency come together with workplace safety in this era that we're uh, living in right now and i know you have a lot of resources on the veteran led website Um, we we've talked about ultraviolet light you have a white paper that's out right now Um, what are some other things that you have available so we have a like you said a white paper was just released it's about seven pages long on germicidal uv lighting we have a webinar that was posted youtube link on our website for uv lighting just a general introduction about 20 minutes long and i'm always posting and commenting with up-to-date news uh, whether it's regarding compliance and regulation or new technologies or just uh, solutions that building owners and managers can adopt to uh, add that to their kind of COVID response uh, task force, if you will. So there's a lot of information, vled.energy on our blog page, as well as my LinkedIn, and we'll be consistently posting content and then obviously highlighting certain subjects here on the podcast. So I'm super excited to get that out. And uh, for for people who want a um, a checkup, we'll put that link with the website as well. Yeah, sure. So just go to vled.energy and schedule an estimate, and we'll give give us a call. We'll have a, a free thirty minute conversation with you to give you some ideas on some of the changes that you can start making and how we can maybe assist in your efforts moving forward. All right, great. Thanks, Chris. Uh, That is our episode today for Energy Sense. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Jason.